Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo! Halo, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to... Episode 29 of the Sacred Icon Halo Show. If you're tuning into this for the first time, you're like, wait, is this the Sacred Icon Halo Show? Well, let me let me just let me just clear a little bit up for you. We're not Sacred Icon Gears. No. And we're not Sacred Icon Uncharted. And Lord knows, we're not Sacred Icon Last of Us. <laughs> They got their own problems to deal with, am I right, guys? But dumb tits. That's right. But if you are tuning in. You're listening to the Sacred Icon Halo Show, where we talk all things Halo. But if you're someone who's tuned in for a long time, chances are you're thinking, Shut up, Josh. Get to the content. I want to hear the meaty, the meaty meatiness, the discussions, the talk, the enthusiasm. Well, we're going to get right into it, guys. I am your co-host, Jovial Joshua Hargis. Happy as a Pomeranian pup to be here. That's right. And join with me, as always, is my buddy, my pal, <laughs> and my friend, ladies and gentlemen, Brian Arvet. Brian, what's up, man? Living the dream, Josh. Uh, I don't. Your your intros could we should we should just sell snippets of your intros on CD on the that's right. icon store. That's right. Check us out on Patreon, ladies and gentlemen. But that's not all, okay? That's not all. Amazon told me that we could get a two for one deal. I could get my 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 friend Brian and another friend completely discounted and i thought sweetie sign me up honey okay ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the show mr justin 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 how you doing you big ding dong how's it been buddy Wait, what you're what saying is that you, you? what you're saying is that you had to pay for me on amazon and justin's the shit you got for free no 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 <laughs> justin was just as equally expensive but i negotiated with amazon mm-hmm. and amazon said listen you you buy two you get you get it half off and i thought you know what that's a good deal if I ever saw it, sweetie. I'm not passing that one up. How do you follow that, Justin? Introduce yeah, yourself. Justin, how the heck are you, man? What? Are you, t- are you tune- or darn tune or what? <laughs> what an enthusiastic opening, Josh. My no, gosh. Thank you. I've been up for a long time, man. Such a long intro. It is. Justin I, feels like a listener more than a participator, I, I'm sure. No. I love the juxtaposition between your, your just ranting off the top of the wall. Just, hey, uh, I appreciate that because I honestly don't pills. even know to this day what that word means. And, 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 then, and then Brian just comes in, uh, how you doing, Josh? Yeah. <laughs> you make Brian sound like he ain't hurting you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh. 
Oh, now you sound like Here, little, little Lenny. Oh. <laughs> Do that, Brian. What? Do that. Give me that little Lenny. Come here, little Lenny. Yes. <laughs> you supply the boy. I supply the parts. We split the winnings. Uh, 50-50. Yeah. Very nice. Boom. Very nice. Can't Everyone, thank everybody. you for tuning in. <laughs> um, Justin, hit me up with the sound of Bugs Bunny being inducted into the Spartan program. What? You just you can't just throw this. That's off, how you man. do it. Are you, you new to the show? You've been here me. before. Welcome to the club, Justin. I deal with this. That's how I do it. Scott, what's up, Palsy? I, I can't do a bug. <laughs> that's pretty that's good. That's not that's, bad. That's pretty good. That's better than I thought you'd, you'd do, honestly. Okay. You know what, Justin? I don't know if uh, if you got to hear one of the other ones, but he asked me on one of them. He was like, hit me up with the sound with, what's that guy's name? Del Rio? I always oh, forget I, his name. Yeah, Surrender Andrew the, Del Surrender yeah. the AI. Yeah, and I did, what was it? I did. I did Goofy, and I was like, I'm ordering you to surrender that AI. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. My favorite's actually probably the Brute Chieftain with the, the Tartars with the breadcrumbs. Yeah, breadcrumbs in his beard. Um, anyways, guys, so if you listen to our last episode, which you've probably turned the episode off, this episode off by now because <laughs> we're still in the intro. No, they've Maybe. not. No, no, of course not. Not if that beautiful intro you get. I'm loving this. I think the entire episode should just be this. Just the intro? Just one long oh, intro? We well, never, yeah. the, the, the plot thickens, like it, we get to a, 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 an hour 30 and we're like, all right, time to talk about Halo. And then just, like, it's a sacred icon <laughs> Halo outro and the episode's over. <laughs> um, yeah, take us away and then you're like, bah. But anyways, guys, in the last episode, our uh, Halo's Legacy Top 50 Games of All Time, uh, Josh and I got in a brief debate uh, about halfway or more through about uh, the budget for AAA games and the pricing of games being, you know, $60. It used to be 50 We got a lot of, like, DLC add-ons, things like that now to pre-order bonuses, ultimate additions to recoup the money there. Um, Josh, you can uh, interrupt me if I misrepresent you, but Josh was of the opinion that... Uh, games are more expensive now, so game and, and, and gamers didn't want to pay more than sixty dollars a game. So the reason we didn't want to pay more than sixty dollars a game, even though uh, budgets have increased, uh, that's the reason that they've decided to do DLCs and ultimate editions and things like that in microtransactions, yeah. so that they can make the money because we're not willing to pay more than sixty dollars for a game. That's Josh's mm-hmm. position. Does that sound fair enough, yeah. uh, Josh? Yeah. And then for me. I'm of the opinion that uh, game budgets don't need to be anywhere near as high as they are, and that um, p- games can be great at lower budgets with lower, t- like smaller teams, and that um, the the gaming industry has conditioned us to expect these games that cost hundreds of millions of dollars. And I could be happy playing things that are, you know, much less expensive. So for me, I blame I blame the. Uh, well, I'll blame, I'll blame the, the companies, developers, publishers, for the, the high price of game costs. But I, I do also agree with Josh a little bit in blaming the gamer because, you know, it is the gamer that expects so much and doesn't want to pay more. Gamer. But ultimately, I think the publishers and, and the industry as a whole has conditioned us to expect these major productions with things that we don't need that are overpriced. So that's where we stand. Uh, we'll kind of pass over to Justin. See what, he, see what he thinks about yeah, and uh, before that. Justin uh, takes takes off with that. I just want to say that we're gonna we we kind of want to get his opinion on this because we haven't really talked to him about it, and also kind of roll that into some uh, discussions about how that's uh, regarding Halo Infinite and and all that kind of stuff. So Justin, go ahead and take us away, though. Feel free to ramble. All right. all right. So Brian, you said that you think that they are like the industry is getting the the, the consumers to kind of get used to these big budgets and everything like that as, as brian put it and and brian you can follow it up as brian put it on the last episode 
he said they've got us locked into this sort of subscription service and it's like the worst deal ever as he put it right yeah i did say that and i agree with that still i i don't think that accurately conveys the point i'm trying to make now but yeah i just said that uh we we as gamers buy probably 60 four four to eight at least 60 dollar games a year um so you know even though even if we're not in a subscription service we're buying $60 games so rapidly that, you know, the service is probably almost a better deal. But that doesn't really prove the point I'm trying to make now. The point I'm trying to make now is yeah, that the, the industry's conditioned us to such high-quality, expensive productions polished to the utmost level that uh, that they can, you know, say that they need to sell DLCs and Ultimate Editions and microtransactions to make their money back. Where I'm just like, make the budget of games lower and keep selling us full products $60 and, and not give us that other stuff. So that's where I'm at. I- I think we'd have to require more uh, in-depth and behind-the-scenes knowledge. Oh, for sure. Of how of how this all works before before I could make any kind of like judgment on that. I can tell you right now, as like just just what makes sense to me is a company looking to like you know shed as much expense as possible. Like they're not looking to make you know big budget kind of huge games. Um, for the price that they're paying they're looking to make these big polished you know triple a games uh for as cheap as they can so <clears throat> i mean you have to still give the the value of uh a, a much higher value than than what the price is you guys remember that game Bulletstorm? Yeah, yeah i never played that i beat it uh there was a yeah i i enjoyed it until like maybe uh, towards the end, where it kind of got repetitive and just eh, but the creator of that game, or one of the designers, or you know, whomever, uh, I'd read an article talking about how people get like a sixty dollar game, and they expect like a lot more value than what they're paying for. Like that's we you know we have gotten a little spoiled in that that I agree way. With that. Yeah. Uh, whereas Bulletstorm was just like a sixty sixty dollar game that had sixty dollars of value, and so it kind of you know that it, it I, I could totally agree with what he was saying because that's how I felt at the time too. But you know, compare like sixty dollars for Bulletstorm to like sixty bucks for The Witcher Three. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. all the content you get from that, or through a Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. What was your What was your gripes with games as a service? Me? It wasn't really that, right, Brian? No, I don't think I don't think either of us have uh, gripes with games as a service. What I'm saying is, like, for instance. Um, for instance, like Game Pass, how much is Game Pass a year? You guys probably know better than I think, me. I think Game Pass Ultimate now is like fifteen a month. I think that's what a month. It was before now. Okay, it's Game Pass Ultimate is fifteen a month. Well, if you're if you're uh, what you I don't know what you want to classify as a hardcore gamer, but if you're not a gamer who just buys baby, Madden, baby. if you're not a gamer who just buys one Madden and one Call of Duty a year, if you're if you're more of a you're in the industry, you're more of a continual gamer type person, you're probably going to buy a guaranteed four up to eight, ten, sixty dollar games a year. So, um, and, and you're going to do that every year. Like, no matter how much you tell yourself, like, this year is going to be an expensive year for me. The next year, you're going to spend, you're going to buy four to eight more probably again. So we're in this, uh, you can almost see that as a subscription service. Like, we're paying, you know, 240 $300 plus a year in new games. So that would, that would make an argument for the, the Game Pass and, and subscription services actually being really good values, in, in our opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, with, with Xbox Game Pass and all the first party games being on the service, like Sea of Thieves. I, I was planning to buy that day one and I still haven't because it's on Game Pass, but I've also had Game Pass this entire time too. Mm-hmm. So what, what is it? Like, you think you're, where you're going with that was like, 
how much money are you spending on Game Pass? You know, uh, I mean, what to, is be, that? to be honest, that's almost a, a separate sub conversation in, in the main one we were having, but still one worth having. I, I think we, I think we're all on the same page though that something like Game Pass is a is a great yeah. Value. I mean, what really got to the, the the meaty bit of that whole discussion was that I and Brian again, you, you know, on the flip side, you step in if I. Uh, misconduct how you worded things before uh brian was saying that uh you know you can a lot of these games that have these big budgets and stuff like that he doesn't think it needs it he doesn't he doesn't think we need that so like he as he put it if he was an evil dictator he would take these he would just say that's not a thing we don't need that we're not going to do that no no games are going to do that and my opinion was that some games need that and sometimes it's good to have that kind of stuff and, and it gives people room to run with but also it sometimes gives them, makes them a bit more aimless because then they're like, "Oh crap, what do I do?" You know, I have so much room to. to create I, I with. guess two but, examples. Uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Josh, but two examples in this way, it'll not feel like we're taking one side with a, one console or whatever. Uh, the Last of Us Two has been in development for seven years; it still hasn't been released. And Halo Infinite has been in development for going on five years; it still hasn't been released. So, um, these are games that they're paying giant studios with extremely high production values tons of workers for five to seven years for one game now i know we're all excited for halo infinite and i'm sure many are excited for last of us too but um you know that's a lot of time and money for one game you know uh, what 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 i could what could make what could make me happy with a halo game wouldn't take you know that that long or or i feel like i feel like the the industry's conditioned us to expect a certain level of quality that is so ridiculously high that uh, that they'll expect they need to sell us a sixty dollar game plus two DLCs plus an ultimate edition plus microtransactions, and I would rather just have a limit to the budget and none of that stuff, you know. So, which is unrealistic of me, probably, but that's what I w- would like. Yeah, selfishly, where do you stand, Justin? Uh, As a consumer, uh, well, um, no wrong answers. I, I mean, the having DLC and everything like that. I mean, that's I would assume at this point it's like studio mandated. Uh, yeah, they're gonna try and get as much money out of the product as they can. Like that's their that's their job. That's what they owe the shareholders. Everything. So, um, I don't really have any issue with that. I mean, it's bonus content. Take it or leave it. You don't have to. It's not. I mean, if required. it's worth it, it's worth it, right? I mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, horse armor is not worth it. Fair. Um, Very fair. But thanks for buying it anyways and putting us down this way, Brian. Yeah. I'm and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it's Josh. I'm taking it down with me. Go ahead. You got the no! horse number two. You'll never yeah. win. Josh bought it also. Yeah. Oh, I sound like the Wicked Witch mixed with like, I don't know, like um, that one guy from. Well, no, I, I, it was Mermaid Man. That's right. I think it's evil. Before you go, before you go on, Justin. Oh yeah. A, I think there's a difference between a developer saying, "Hey, here's our sixty dollar game, but here's some also some DLC that's good to buy, which is fine," or a developer outright saying, developer or publisher. Sometimes it's the publisher speaking for the developer, outright saying. We had to put these microtransactions in the game. We had to offer the ultimate edition because the game costs are too expensive. That's been said. Sir, I can't. I could go if I had time. I could go Google quotes. That's been said before. They're saying we have to put these microtransactions in the game because game development is so expensive that we couldn't just go off the sixty dollars. And to, to that, I say, lower the budget of your game, make it less wide in scope. I don't. I don't want to have to pay for microtransactions. Like Shadow Shadow of War when it came out. It had microtransactions for the actual single-player campaign to purchase uh, orcs. Yeah, you know. I, I'm going to take what Brian's saying. I'm going to ask you a question, Justin. If hypothetically speaking, if if they if, if the whole gaming industry left it up to you, and they said, Justin, uh, 
we can get rid of microtransactions and stuff like that, but the base cost of games has to rise twenty, thirty dollars to eighty, ninety dollars, maybe even a hundred. Where do you sit with that? Um, somewhere in between there. I mean, if you had to pick one side, if you're leaning more toward one, like sixty forty, like where's the sixty going? Wouldn't a hundred dollar games just push everyone to the subscriptions? I I just gotta respond. Only Sith stealing absolutes. <laughs> you can't make me choose either or. No. I will do what I must. <laughs> you will try. <laughs> I must warn you, I have a very good backflip. <laughs> I'm just thinking Jimmy Fallon on that MTV. Like, So either or, I'm not going to do. Uh, you can't make me. Uh, I wow. will say, that, yep. Uh, Thanks for tuning in to <laughs> Sacred Icon. <laughs> the Sacred Icon Star Wars discussion. Uh, I, I there's a place, there's a time and place for 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 DLC. There's a time and place for microtransactions. Again, like I think we all know, like the average user doesn't really do microtransactions. They're always looking for that whale that. That damn five-year-old that gets on his dad's iPad and uh, downloads some game and spends like five hundred bucks on you know the Simpsons, it, you know tap whatever tap out whatever. Mm. I, I probably that's the only that's the only thing I've <laughs> ever spent a UFC game with Simpsons any money on, and I regret it to this day because it was a waste of time. <laughs> but. Uh, it, it was like it's the, it, this thing is like it can be literal gambling with that stuff too, mm-hmm. it, you know, scratch it, you know, scratch and win stuff like that. Uh, lots of really kind of dirty tactics. Well, I think you know, I don't know if you guys saw, but, but the SRB now came out with uh, on a lot of their games that now uh, there'll be a thing that doesn't say loot boxes, but instead they use the, the term is something like in-game purchases. Mm, but that's, that's a, not it's a man, it's mandated. Thing. I, I think one thing Justin's saying that I'll, I think we'll all agree to is that there's a, there's a different there's a case for everything. Like some some cases it's acceptable. Um, like I've defended my mom on Candy Crush for years because my mom has probably spent twenty to forty dollars in her life on buying Candy Crush lives, which people give her crap saying that's you know <laughs> how how stupid she is for wasting money on lives. Um, but my mom has put more than Skyrim or Elder Scrolls level of hours in the Candy Crush over a year. She's put 100 to 2 to 300 hours in Candy Crush over the years. So my argument my, my argument is is if she spent $40 in Candy Crush lives and she got 200 hours of content, you know, that's a way better deal than most games I buy. Most games I buy is 60 bucks and I'm done in 40. So I don't I I'm I've never played Candy Crush before. I've seen people play it. Um and I've I've, I've heard people of a certain age talk about it before mm-hmm. but correct me if i'm wrong isn't just waiting a little bit the alternative to spending lives uh, i think it's i mean it is just waiting but i don't know if it's a little bit i feel like it's for the day for the day you're on yeah that's this that's like the, the skeevy kind of shady stuff i don't like it, it is but the game's offered free it's kind of like Fortnite and microtransactions in a sense like yeah. it's free, but uh, you know, there's some catches. To I mean, there, it. there's some level in which I accept microtransactions if you give the game for free. But when, when I'm and I, I'm not hating on because I know you love this game, Josh. I only bring it up because I can the only I can think of with like severe single player issues Battle as far as it too. goes is uh, Shadow Shadow no Shadow of War. Oh, 
because uh, Shadow of War was a $60 single-player game with with you could relatively no multiplayer. Um, you could do the like a uh, nemesis thing where somebody kills your orc for you in another game or whatever, but um, relatively no multiplayer, $60 release, and they had the ability to purchase, with microtransactions, purchase orcs for your army in the single-player, and then the final section of the game required you to have a bunch of orcs at a certain level to beat the game, and they made it really slow process to get those orcs so that when you got to the end of the game, it would be easy just to drop six, eight, twelve dollars buy the orcs and finish the game. To me, I don't that's, think it was that slow though. I think that's the thing is like, well, the it reviews may, it, stated that, but I'm not saying that they're factually right. I'm just well, they had to run through the game. games fast, you know what I mean? Like, just to get to the yeah, game. but I just I, it seemed like many commented on the, the padding at the end to, to encourage people to, to buy my and I don't see why a sixty dollar single player Lord of the Rings game has to have microtransaction. Now, they ended up removing it after the fact because of it, they did so poorly for them. Um, but I, I played it for the first time about a week ago, and um, it's it's not catching me so far. I'm trying to get into it, and it's just not catching me. I don't me, like it at all, but Josh likes it a lot. So. I, I, I did see something in the menu about, about that, and I... I, I don't know. It, Justin I, just I, murdered his cat. <laughs> not literally. <laughs> not literally. <laughs> Continue, okay. Justin. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I it had some message right there about like doing something for the fans, or you know, I, I I I just now realized like you know that's probably what you're referring yeah. to. Um, there's always some controversies. The, the, the last one I paid any attention to was like Battlefront twos. Or uh, yeah, but Star Wars Battlefront Two had like a lot of microtransactions, and it was impossible it. to unlock. And they, yeah, they did a great job of fixing everything from what I hear. I've played. How much credit? Times. That's almost another conversation. How much credit and praise should we give EA and and Dice for getting rid of shit that should never been there? Well, I think it comes down to the the developers make the people making these games don't want that crap in there. They don't, you know. But bless you, Brian, you sweet angel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I started watching Community, you guys. Oh, really? Uh, we need to talk the, about that off The reason there, I brought just... that up is because Donald Glover has that episode where he uh, um, sneezes and he, he has to be taught to sneeze like a man. But go ahead. Oh, man. There's there's a song about Britta in there and Pierce. It, it's so good in hmm. season one. Love season one. Uh, yep. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that when it comes to those, my, the whole microtransaction is a whole different subject. But, like, uh, Podcast Unlocked recently, they were talking about it and they said that you know, it's Battlefront 2 was the game, was the straw that broke the camel's back. Because if you look at it, the microtransaction discussion isn't really as much of a big thing now as it was in like the midway point of this current console gen. You know, it's still being, it's still there, mm-hmm. but certain it's, games it's definitely died down. Like yeah. yeah. And Battlefront took it to the height, or at least that's, that's the, that's the one where people were like enough. So, and they had that pushback. But I think, I don't think the people making these games want that stuff. I think that was a clear thing with WB is there's a lot of, or I'm sorry, the, the people who made uh, Shadow of War, they didn't, they didn't want this stuff in, but the higher ups are like, that stuff needs to be in because people are going to buy it. People are going to. Let me ask you guys, what, what would you say a game is that got my tr- microtransactions right? Well, I know. I can't, I, I can't use Fortnite, I'm guessing. I, I don't I haven't played it my I've 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 seen it played. Well, the entirety I've, actually, of the game. I did play it once. The entirety of the game's free to play, and the all the items are like cosmetic. They don't affect you know. Uh, That's good. So, I, and Fortnite makes more money than any AAA game that comes out at sixty dollars. Period. It's the biggest game in the world. So, how about you, Josh? Any ideas of a game that comes close to like doing microtransactions? Off the top right? of my head, 
I'm going to sound biased because it's Halo podcast, but Thank I think you. Halo 5 is the closest for me. Thank you. However, however, I'm going to put an asterisk there, and I'm going to say that I think the issue with it, I, like they got as close as I think you could get to perfection in one sense because realistically, I think I, I don't think I've ever bought a single pack except for the Voices of War or Voices pack that let you have Buck and, and all those other ones as the announcers because I wanted that one. But in terms of actually the other ones, the gold packs and all that, I have never spent yeah. a single penny of my own money on that because all I have to do is play the game. However, again, the argument could be made that, well, we didn't need, did we need all those hundreds of different weapon skins and armor permutations and all that stuff because the microtransactions are there as a way to necessitate opening up these packs that have all those different hundreds well, if not thousands that, of items. Take that one step further, Josh. The, the real reason that... that um 343 said they put the rec packs in there was so that we could have free new multiplayer maps and not have to have multiplayer map packs that split the community so on one hand um i mean ultimately that's the biggest takeaway i think ultimately i agree that halo 5 did it well because knowing the nature of halo more multiplayer maps are going to come and the development team can't work on new maps and receive no money there's just no reason to do that so they either have to sell the map packs and then split the community, which hurts the the multiplayer community as a whole because they're split into different sections, or um, or just give it away for free and waste all their development time on you know not make. And they're a company, um, so I guess the only thing I would say, and I feel like I'm very alone on this. I think you'll both disagree, and that's fine. But I'm the kind of person who's just like, how about we just don't have new maps? <laughs> which I know would hurt the community, and I know that's not like. There's definitely an argument against me because if you don't make new maps, your community is going to drop off. I understand that's an issue, but I'm the kind of person who just wants the full game at an affordable price. I'll pay 60 bucks and be done with it. And I, I'm very unrealistic in that because we don't live in a time where that's ever going to happen again. That that ship has sailed, but I can dream. I remember the days of the N64 and the PS1, even the PS2 and the Xbox, where I just bought a $60 game. It, no patches. Okay. That's what I loved. You know? I'm digging the this game of the year, The game of the year edition, though. You know, like uh, Skyrim game of the year had all the DLC. Yeah, The Witcher three and Fallout four. They, they we always have those options later on too. Yeah, patience let pays. Me, let me move this into a little bit slightly slightly off subject of this. Okay, let's let's say uh, like Brian, I, I totally get what you're saying. I feel differently, but I understand where you're coming from. Now, I would say to sort of remix that part of the reason we got all that stuff wasn't just so the maps were free. It was mainly because of Warzone. Because the whole grind aspect of Warzone was to get these new skins, the Halo Combat Evolved pistol, and all these different. But correct ones. me if I'm wrong, Josh, but I thought I thought the Warzone Rec system was created simply for the maps. I thought that's what they marketed. You, yeah, I mean, you might be right. I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm trying to look at it internally, but I could be wrong. You, you might be entirely right on this. But what I was going to say is that what if, what if I mean hypothetically, Halo Infinite instead says we're not going to do a rec system. We're not going to have all that. Let's. Let, I mean, who knows if Warzone is even going to be in it. But let's just say instead, they still do free maps, but this is like a map like every maybe two or three months. You know, something very slow rollout. Like, I'm not talking about like mm-hmm. a map pack. I'm not talking about some season yeah. uh, of stuff. I'm talking about just every couple months, just maybe a, a free map rolls out. I mean, how, do you, how would you guys feel about that personally? Brian, I know you're not a heavy multiplayer guy. Justin, you're kind of the opposite, so I kind of want to like pick your guys' brain. Well, we watched we watched that the sprint for Halo 5, all three of us did, where they showed us like them designing the multiplayer map. 
And obviously, they could just be trying to convince us, but I very much believe them in, in their, the Sprint documentary showing how much work it took to create one multiplayer map. They were even showing how they took like the map Truth from Halo 5 and they inverted it into uh, Regret, right? Is that it? Yep. Um, they used the same map structure to make a second map because of the, the work in creating the geometry, the creating the art, and then having people play test it. So I truly believe that it requires real... I mean, you look at a, a level in a game, I know it's very disposable, but... That takes real people, like, if that shade of grass, that grass is there, or that, that structure, or this color, or whatever, that someone had to put that there. So it takes real development time to make a, a map. I don't think they could even do one develop, one map every two or three months, like you said, for free, because they have to have some way to bring money in on that. I, I think you could also, like, to counter your, your point there is, uh, you can look at that as investing into, into it, because... If you if you do that, if you like for like say for two years in between development of games, you know you every two or three months add a new map that lets players get like another little thing to chew on. Uh, that keeps engagement up with that product, and when the sequel comes out, you'll have a bunch bunch of people that are going to be more ready for it. So I think that you can you can actually look at that as an investment. Well, I think I think you're 100 percent right, Justin. I, they they actually have done that with Halo Five. Halo Five has been credited as a, a great example of continuing to keep new content coming out, new modes, new new things like that. Um, they're not doing it in the way Josh described by releasing like a new map developed every two three months, but they're releasing new rec packs, new forge modes, new gameplay types, and also new maps because legitimate new maps because of the rec system. So. I think I think as far as uh, uh, keeping the game going and keeping people invested, Halo Five is doing that about as well as you can imagine. Um, but to take to wrap this conversation up and to kind of give it a, a final closer and then move into um, like release dates for a game and unveiling your unveiling your game with like Halo Infinite, that's what we're going to talk about next. I was going to say um, a good example when we're talking about you know Josh is like games are more expensive and they're going to have to find ways to recoup more money, and I'm like make the game cost less. What what really I wonder what really is it that makes that makes it so expensive? Let's like let's break it down because if you look at Halo Three took three years from Halo Two, and it came out with a ton of content, ton of modes, Forge Theater, co-op, multiplayer, all this stuff, and it all worked without a patch first day. Um, tons of content, and then you look at something like uh, Halo Five, which came out and it just had the multiplayer, the campaign. Uh, Forge wasn't done. Big Team Battle wasn't out. You know, many people criticize Halo 5 for not launching with all the content. Um, but I guess Halo 5 took three years as well. So it's like, you look at like Halo 3 took three years, full package. Halo 5 took three years, stuff had to be rolled out afterwards. Halo Infinite now is going to be five years in development, you know. That's kind of <clears> different though. Two different studios and at the same time, like true. 343 had a lot of like different stuff going on, whereas like yeah. Bungie at the time yeah. just had Halo 3. I'll give them credit for that, but it's just like, um, you know, it seems like it's really hard to get the same amount of content nowadays as it was 10 years ago, but they're taking more time and, and I don't know. I just, is it just, is it the, is it the resolution and the, you know, is it 4K and 60 frames? Is that, is that the stuff that, is it updated textures? Like what, what's costing so much money? I, mean, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, um well if you if you're thinking in terms of like the last of us and halo infinite um I, I can't speak for the last of us too much but to take 7 years that's that's an insane amount of time uh looking at halo though after halo 5 and everything that went down with that 
we don't even have to get into like the controversy of the story and the unsatisfied players and the satisfied players and trying to find they, they everything it, it's going to be there's committees there's opinions there's there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen i uh, you know i i can only assume as much you know that's what i suspect but uh trying to find a clear path going a certain route and then finding now nah, it's not working you know going back to the basics i mean there's a lot of like trial and error with all of this stuff trying to find the next thing make it like new but also classic fresh you know we've had conversations conversations and all this stuff before and even even the three of us can't you know ag- you know completely agree on like it, it, you know even with ourselves mm-hmm. and to each other yeah what exactly we want it to go to so imagine what they're going through and you know it makes sense it takes all this time to to you know five five and a half years six you know seven years for some things and look, look, i think i mentioned the other day to you guys uh in another conversation about uh what was it that, what was that one game that was like teased at like the beginning of the playstation 3 and didn't come out till like the end of the life cycle it was uh last guardian the last guardian yeah, yeah. and just, there's so many you know things like that that just yeah, you know, they get teased, and then years go by, and hey, guys, you still making that game? Yeah. All right, it's been five years. Have you, you're going to show us a little t- taste of it? That's no. a perfect segue, Justin. I couldn't have segued it, it better. Because the next topic is like, how, like we're going to talk about like how early games get announced or how late they get announced, when they show off footage, when they show off reveals. And now, the like, reason this... Yeah, ahead, sorry Josh. to cut you off. The reason why we, we Brian and I wanted to talk about this was because there's a lot of like pushback with some of the community right now regarding Halo Infinite. You know, people feel like it has been so long and they're so thirsty for news. And, I mean, hey, I, I know we're all part of it to, to varying degrees, but there's a lot that are, like, really frustrated with this. So I was talking to Brian about this off air one time, and I thought, you know, how how often is it a good thing or is it a bad thing, you know? So I'm just, just uh, I'm going to phrase it simply like that, Justin. Do you, when it comes to Halo Infinite, even though I'm sure you're you're eager to see what this game's going to look like, do you feel more glad that we haven't that it's just been so silent for the most part, uh, or do you feel like we we deserved to have have been shown something or or given something by now? You know, if I was younger, I would be like probably a bit more upset. Like, if I was back in high school, I'd be like, man, why haven't they given us anything yet? I'm dying here. Like, I'm so thirsty. <laughs> I'm on the bus behind like, Justin going, Master Chief, Master Chief, Master Chief. <laughs> I love Master Chief. What do you think Master Chief will do, Justin? I, I, <laughs> I got, like, so many stories. I just, I can't, I can't do them. I can't do them. Anyways, um, uh, yeah, you know what? I do have to say real quick, I gave you the segue. I'm taking that sh- stuff back. Uh, I did have something to add real quick about the last conversation we had about money and microtransactions and stuff like that. Uh, one of the big things that took a lot of money away from the creators and devs uh, uh, was trades. And I'm so, I'm so happy to see those leeches and bloodsuckers, uh, the, the corporate bloodsuckers that are... Uh, GameStop just just crashing and burning right now. Uh, it's 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 so satisfying to me. Um, I, I I've probably mentioned this to you guys before uh, in person about. I mean, uh, Cliff Cliff Blazinski for all of his faults, and he's got a lot. Uh, he had this great interview I read about 
how he did this big promo for EB Games and GameStop about, you know, Gears of War 3, and he goes out, does this stuff on stage, and then he goes, whatever, he sells the game for 60 bucks at GameStop, and then somebody goes and trades it in for 40 bucks, and then somebody else wants to go buy it brand new for 60. Oh, wait, no, I can get it five bucks cheaper if I buy it used. Mm -hmm. That five bucks, you know, cheaper, that $55 used game sale goes right to them, to, to EB Games and GameStop, whereas... The developer, the creators, publishers get nothing. They contributed nothing, and they got almost a like a hundred percent share of this. They they contributed nothing. So now that they're out, and we're going into a digital age, that may affect uh, the profits in the future. Even if they sell the game for a loss, they're also saving money on uh, you know uh, the plastics, everything you know from the the case, the disc. Yeah. Uh, you know, the shipping, the shipping is huge guys. Uh, so many things, uh, through all this stuff. Now they won't have to do as much with the, the DLC, but now that that foot's in the door and that, that box has been opened, I doubt we'll ever see it go back down. Yeah. We can see it get tamed a bit, but that, I just wanted to throw that out no, there. I think that's a really, before I completely forget. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good, uh, a really good point. And I think you're right with the, the, luckily with the digital age, um, as far as for the, the unfairness that is like a, like you said, a Gears of War game coming out 60 bucks and then immediately getting sold it right back to EB games. And then they sell it for 56 99 used sometimes it's like ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, Oh, I saved $3, but yeah, but uh, GameStop employees will tell you it's much better to buy used because you can bring it back and you can, if you finish it in five days, we'll give you another copy, you know, whatever they'll really try to make you. Like, that's the thing is they're like, they're the enemies almost the blood sucking enemies because they're like the, the, for the longest time publishers relied on GameStop to, to promote their games and sell their games, but GameStop underhandedly was going, don't buy theirs, buy ours, buy used, sign up for our subscription to get our magazines, you know? Um, but so that is, that is better now as far as digital goes. And I remember reading an article probably five years ago now, and I'm going to have to paraphrase because I don't remember it exactly, uh, what the, what the dollar amounts were, but they were saying how, uh, it was like an indie developer or something saying that if he sold his game, it was a $60 game. I know that if he sold his game, uh, like to Walmart, you know, physical copy. After all the cuts were taken, his $60 game would net him around 16 to $17 of his 60 bucks in his in the developer's pocket, where if he released it on Steam as digital only at the time, he was around 30 bucks, which you're talking almost double, about double the amount of money for releasing it digitally. That's freaking huge, If you, especially if the game sells millions of copies. We're talking millions of dollars. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good closing point. Josh, do you have anything to say about that? No, I think that's definitely a good point. I, I think I look at the the future, and I think if, if something like GameStop is, goes under sooner than later, which it seems to be the case, I think... I, no, go ahead. I want to hear you. No, I, I care about hearing what you have to I, say more than I do my own. I have a bit of a, like an idea in my head, because you mentioned lower cost and everything, lower cost, lower budget, everything for games. And, you know, I can't help but think about mobile games, and how they're just like ad fest and everything like that. Uh, but you know, Candy Crush has made billions, hasn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. At low effort, yep. high reward. Yeah. Incredibly low effort, high high reward. Uh, and they're they you know, everybody wants to get their you know, hand in that cookie jar and try to get that. I want to. I wonder how it's going to work out in the future to where we get some kind of like hybrid and i'm not talking like oh you know dead rising three is like you have a little walkie-talkie app or whatever on your but 
I, I wonder how the, if, if there's going to be some way you can kind of get the best of both worlds between between like a AAA game and that because I feel like that's the Fortnite, amount of effort. Really? You think? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not like a Fortnite. You know what? You're player, right. But that is Fortnite that is, is the AAA yeah. epic. The people who made Gears of War epic uh, game developed. It's a game. You know that AAA and it's free. It's completely you download. You can download on your phone, your Xbox, completely free, and it has microtransactions like Candy Crush. So you're getting that AAA experience, and you're getting the same Candy Crush model. And Fortnite's already there. Yeah, I mean we're already there. And Fortnite's the biggest game in the world. Uh, the I don't know how much you've kept up to date on it, uh, Justin, but like um, Epic is making so much money with Fortnite, hand over fist, just absolutely ridiculous amounts. They've done several things that are like just unprecedented in the industry. They've they they released a game called Paragon years before Fortnite that was like a some type of MOBA that was just they spent tons of money on it and it completely failed. Well, once Fortnite took off, they just gave all the assets to free to the public of Paragon. Because they're just like, uh, you know, expensive, million, multi-million dollar assets. Just take it. And then they also were like, we're going to compete with Steam because we have so much money. So they launched the Epic the Epic Launcher. And they started money-hatting these indie developers um, with exclusive deals because they just, they literally have almost, without saying the actual words, have basically said, we have so much money flowing that we just need to toss it places. So What was the big game that was going to come out that they just kind of stealthed? That, that Epic like had an exclusive thing with, uh, it was a big deal at the time. I don't think it was Metro. Mm-hmm. It may, maybe was it Metro Exodus? was exclusive. It was exclusive, that but Epic? that wasn't the one. I don't think. Yeah, no. that, you're right it, about something, but yeah, I'm not sure which it was. Someone's listening right now, screaming at us right now. <laughs> but here's the thing too: is like it, you know, Justin makes a good point in that low effort, you know, huge reward. That's got to be extremely desirable to uh, everyone in the industry, but. Mm-hmm. And we all know this already. If everyone did the Fortnite model, then that would leave open a huge gap for like high quality story, single player driven games, which someone would fill. Like you can say, yeah, yeah. you know, Candy Crush is left less effort, more money, but someone has to fill the hole that is the awesome AAA single player experience. So we're always going to have that. Like people who think that's going to go away, it's never going to go away because as soon as someone, as soon as one developer says, "I'm going to the Candy Crush route." Another person's gonna swoop in and fill that gap. They're gonna be the the standout AAA single player person. So I I just can't help but feel sorry for for like that AAA developer that like <laughs> they haven't seen the sun in days. The bags in their eyes are getting bigger and bigger. They like haven't seen their family in since two thousand nine. <laughs> right? You know, and and they go out, they go out to like some little like mixer with some other company and. You know, oh, what do you do? I just made some like bricks game on my phone, and just hmm, there we go. I just made a thousand dollars two seconds ago. Or how about the how about the Twitch streamer that buys the sixty dollars game and becomes a millionaire, and the developer is making like eighty thousand a year? You know, for the game they hard for. It's yeah. still free this, promotion though. To yeah, the devil's have. No, I'm not saying that's wrong or yeah. anything, but you know, it's just like you look at like a ninja. If Ninja plays Halo. He's got he makes more money than anyone who's working on Halo. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, there's a certain kinda, irony there. There's also an irony in being famous, you know, for being a ninja. I guess, yeah. You're supposed to be, you know, like a hired assassin. Stealthy. You know, it's, it's interesting, too. I mean, you, you guys can tell me if you disagree, but I feel like this this generation especially was like, it's going to be uh, looking back, you know, uh, by the time we're at this point in the next gen, if not further, this is going to really stand out as a really like a gen where a lot happened 
some things got figured out, some things worked, some things didn't, but a lot changed because I feel like the microtransactions and then where there was just a dump of like, um, what, what are like the Destiny games called? I always forget, like the live service type Taken games. King. Yeah. Well, I mean like Destiny, like Anthem. You know, yeah, live service. Live, service. Oh, yeah, live okay. service games. And then you had um, a lot of like, you know, Fortnite, Apex Legends, uh, PUBG okay. and stuff like that. And then, yeah. you know, I, like I feel like, and I'm not saying that I, I fully believe in this statement, but like on the Xbox side, they just, they stumbled right off the, 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 right out the gate. So there was a lot of like picking up the papers and trying to get everything assembled and figure things out. And that's kind of where we're getting to finally. But with PS4, we're in, in the midst of all this stuff going on with like, uh, third-party developers and stuff like that. You had Sony, who was like, yeah, we're just going to keep making single-player games. Whereas everyone else was doing all these different things and taking these chances, and some worked, some didn't. The single-player games was like the, the constant for Sony. And I think like everyone saw that on the Xbox side, and everyone wanted that. And it just all got split down the middle because of different costs and what was working and what wasn't working. And there was the whole argument that single-player games don't sell anymore. And then there was like, like you said, Brian, the, the oddball, like, that uh, whole thing that Bethesda did at the Game Awards, like bring video games or bring single save player the games single back. player game, Sa- yeah, Hashtag save so, single mean, player games, yeah. Well, I don't know. Just what do you guys think about I, that? I, I think I think uh, the the three sixty generation, the three sixty PS three generation are all. I would say more so the PS two Xbox generation, but definitely three sixty PS three generation is the last time I personally stopped being wowed wowed by games just on their the experience of the game itself. I feel like once we hit the HD age. Um, we just kind of started like the way the way that like games progressed changed. Like it was it was a uh, you know two D games. Okay, oh three D games, three D even even better quality three D games. Okay, three D games in HD. But once we hit three D games in HD, we pretty much that's pretty much where we uh, we peaked on games. And now it's just been um, how can we change? How can we make the game more open world? How can we make the game have more multiplayer modes, more microtransactions? How can we it's it's less about wowing with like I, I guess you could say the only thing really doing that now is VR, but VR hasn't quite caught on as much yet. But like th- there's not really been any new big steps forward in gaming since we went to HD. It's more just been this lateral movement of. See, I feel differently, but I feel like it's there's been a lot of like profound changes, but for the worse in some ways. Well, I think we're just that's what I'm, I mean. That's kind of what we're saying. I think like you said, this generation's been very experimental because yeah, we don't really have. Mm-hmm. There's no way, like, there's no game that's going to come out right now that's going to make, um, that's going to make The Last of Us look like Super Mario 64 to the original Mario, like this huge leap. And, and there's there's no way to really do that anymore. And and a lot of ideas have pretty much been you know done already. So uh, we're just we're moving. I feel like we're moving laterally. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Like you. Like you said, um, you know the when Xbox came out and they wanted to be like sports heavy with the TV integration, it could have been a really good idea. It didn't seem like it. It didn't work out for them. Um, but then you have something like uh, the PSVR, which has sold a few million headsets and it's done pretty well. But that's still not huge. I mean, most people don't have a PSVR, so I think we're just kind of in this stage of like kind of doing the same thing and experimenting more. And like I, like, I think you said, like, this generation will be looked at as very experimental. I would hope that the next one's got it on, got, got things together a little better. You know, you look at, like, the, the Xbox Series X um, and the PS4, which not so much, the, or not the PS4, the PS5, not so much the PS5 because we haven't seen it yet. 
but with the Xbox Series X, the kind of things they're boasting aren't the kind of things that they used that they boasted back in the day. They're not boasting, um, you know, the visuals as much. They're not boasting like the multiplayer features as much. They're just boasting quality of life improvement, like suspend resume, you know, or like the Xbox Series X. You're going to be able to have multiple games open at once. Um, smart delivery is huge. Smart delivery, being able to buy a game on the Xbox One and get it on the. So really, it's just like we're very much yeah. in this experimental slash quality of life stage in gaming. There's just people aren't really wowing us too much with the evolution of games, at least in my opinion, unless you count VR, which I'm unexperienced with VR. So, but I don't know. Well, the industry's changing too. And I mean, I think to bring it back to Halo, like I think that's the, I mean, it's something we haven't really talked about on the show much because it's just kind of just a thing we've all known, even though, you know, anyone listening, but like Halo Infinite releasing day one on Game Pass. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Because that would be a quality of life game pass. Yeah. yeah. Now it's it seems up in the air as to whether or not I was gonna I'm gonna ask you guys this, because uh, I really want to hear your thoughts. So I'm gonna move I'm gonna say something, I'm gonna move into a question. But that that's just something that, you know, I looking back, if we had gone if you had gone back just a couple years before Game Pass really started to roll out, I never would have like been able to personally conceive or conceptualize this idea of a subscription service in which Halo Infinite if I pay that subscription service, that lets me have access to a hundred some games and also just like gold, you know, would also enable me to play the new Halo game like mm-hmm. day one just with everyone else. Like if Justin says, I'm going to pay $60 for this and I'm over here like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just pay this $15, get all these other games, get this. And yeah, I don't own it, but I can just play it whenever I want. The same as you, buddy. Like it's a weird thing, but... I wanted to ask and segue that. Do you guys think at this point in time, with everything going on, that there's a potential chance that Halo Infinite is not going to launch this year and possibly will come out next year? But now, before you answer that, I want to say that it seems, as a state right now, from what I can gather from some of the stuff I've seen Phil Spencer say, it sounds like there's some games that maybe would have come out at launch at this point. He's not confirmed this, but it seems implied that there's some games that maybe would have come out that may not now make it to launch. But it sounds like Halo Infinite is something that they are still trying to make sure coincides with this console release. What is your guys' opinion? Justin, I want to ask you first and then uh, go over to Brian. It's it's hard to say with the uh, you know the global pandemic stuff and how much they can work from home. Um, I, I would think they'd be able to work from home remotely and everything and you know continue working but it'd still be at a slower pace uh well go actually go ahead and brian i answer too i want to end then i want to ask you guys something um well i think this is kind of like ties into what we were going to talk about um i i love that we haven't seen anything on halo infinite personally Mm -hmm. just speaking as brian not as this whole show i love it i love that we haven't seen a, a damn thing and i i don't want to see anything till E3. Like, I, there's the selfish part of me that's like, if it came out today, like a gameplay trailer, holy crap, I'd be excited. But just wait till E3. Um, I think, ultimately, I prefer the um, the idea of not showing your game off till it's ready to, to release that year. And just like, like my, my favorite example I've used several times on the show is Fallout 4. Lord. Fallout 4, they announced it, showed it off at E3. Six months later, it's in my hands. That's how I would like every release. I don't really get anything out of knowing about Cyberpunk or Last of Us 2 five, six, seven years before they come out. Um, so I love what they're doing with Infinite. Now, I will say, as much as I like that um, Infinite hasn't shown anything this far along, I don't actually think that it's because 
343 is adopting this forever. I think they want to do the exact opposite of what they did with Halo 5. Halo 5, they showed their hand way too early, did a huge marketing, uh, did the beta a year early, and they just want to they wanna play this one really close to the chest and come out swinging, and I admire them for that. And I love that no matter how much people complain on Twitter, and I don't blame you guys because I want to see it too. I love that no matter how much people complain on Twitter, they're sticking to their guns, and I don't think we're going to see anything. We might see something in May. There's been talk of it, but I don't think we're going to see anything till the E3 time in June. And I love that. Uh, as far as it being delayed or not goes, um, I'm going to go with it's not going to be delayed, but I could definitely see it being possible. And if it is delayed, that's okay. I got plenty of games to play, and we're going through hard times. And I would rather it be delayed than the, the game come out not ready or the team have to do unrealistic, unprecedented mm-hmm. 24-hour Crunch. work schedules from home. I, I just, yeah. I, I, I got plenty of games. I mean... Everyone listening to this probably has a huge backlog. Why are we so? Why do we get so angry when a game gets delayed? I mean, we have so much to play. It's crazy. Well, to be well, I, I want to switch over to you, Justin. I'm just gonna say real quick. I think I think at least for the Halo community, there's some of them. A lot of the people I think that play Halo too are the people that like sometimes just play Men or just play 2K. Like you That's have possible. just just play Halo. So I'm sure those people are like, man, I'm ready to move on from Halo Five. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you're you're right too. I pretty much agree with you, Justin. I know you're I, itching to say some stuff. I want to hear it. I don't understand what you what you mean by they they haven't shown anything. Uh, gameplay. Are you talking about gameplay? Gameplay. gameplay. Okay. I just they've shown like uh, what they've shown two trailers. Two trailers, and, and the yeah. first one wasn't really a trailer. It was a t- as an engine demo. So really, just one trailer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, we don't. We, they haven't unveiled any information either to top it off. Like we don't know who we're fighting. We don't technically have confirmed where the game setting is at. We, you know, we don't really. We assume it's on on uh, do, uh, installation uh, 07, right? Is that what I... I'm blanking here. You're, you're slipping, but, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Halo ring that's shown this. in the trailer. Look at where, Brian. He's cracking. Is where, is where we assume <laughs> it's taking place, but uh, we don't really have any information. Like, for all we know, we're fighting Prometheans the whole game. I'm sorry, guys. That probably won't happen. I'm sorry to We have talked more about Fortnite than we have about Halo in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, it all... Fortnite, Fortnite, Well, it's relevant, Fortnite, though, because, I mean... Fortnite podcast. Because I think Halo 5 was... It, it's just such a... It's going to stand out as such an interesting point in time. Like I said, and, and you, you, I said it all, but you were so concise by by dubbing it experimental, Brian. I love, I love you for that. But uh, I mean, that was that tried something completely different, like the whole war zone aspect, which I, I've said before, Justin, uh, to Brian. So most people listening have already heard me say this, but like, it's interesting that Warzone came out and they were just, you know, it, it, it's fun, but it didn't quite land. I think as yeah. big as they were hoping because that's right around that time that came out, Battle Royale just took off. You know, and just overshadowed. See, anything. and that man, and then, we didn't even get we didn't even get fully done with this this conversation on like when to announce a game, delay a game. But like, that's another thing that's huge with this generation is is chasing industry trends, and and that's exactly yeah. that's exactly what happened. Um, if you look at this, is what's actually crazy. I feel like the majority of people who play Fortnite don't know this. When F- Fortnite was announced, right after Gears Three came out, the year after Gears Three came out, and it was announced as this cartoony game for the PC. Um, that was like supposed to be kind of like a survival game. And it came out to not much fanfare. Fortnite did. But the second Battle Royale blew up, Epic went to the grindstone and incorporated a Battle Royale mode into Fortnite. Fortnite released with like a single-player game. It's called like Save the World. That's what they that's what they announced and that's what they had released. But they saw the Battle Royale and they're like, wait a minute, all of our systems are in place basically to make Fortnite into a Battle Royale. And they turned it into that. Most people don't even know that that game was announced in 2012. 
and then it and then it was not supposed to be that, but they capitalized on it. And this kind of you know this conversation I hate talking about that I don't really like talking about because I'm so disinterested in battle royale, is we had that conversation a few weeks ago about battle royale and Halo, and people are asking should it be an infinite? Should it not? Well. There's a lot of good reasons to have it in there, sure. I know I'm not in that camp, but like it's another industry trend. How you know? Do we want Halo to be victim to chasing an industry trend? And maybe you'll maybe you say Battle Royale will be around forever and as popular as it is now forever. But I don't think it will be. And if you look at the you look at like MOBAs and things like that, they came and went. I mean, they, when they were here, they were here in a big way, but they went. You know, I don't know. What do you guys think, Justin? Josh, <laughs> Brian, <laughs> how you how you doing there, buddy? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I'll say you know what I think it'll I think that'll stick around because I think in some ways that's that's probably the closest thing we've got to an evolution of the multiplayer we've come to expect of the like the teams like the four v four and all that kind of stuff. Now you have the death match, the everyone against yeah the death the the lone death match, the rumble pit mm. uh, with like a hundred people. That's a uh, you know uh, last life only, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I I get what you're saying, Brian. Because and, and Justin, I said this before, but like, if you look at if you looked at Halo Four, and it had this whole big promotional campaign, and then it came out, people, you know, it, people like liked fifty percent of it. Like, you know, the story was more or less. I think at this point, story's pretty well received. Multiplayer, uh, uh-uh. uh. Then we get into Halo Five. Halo Five's got this whole big promotional campaign, and comes out. The story is poo poo for everybody. And the multiplayer, everyone's like, you know what? That was actually pretty good. It was pretty fun. Whereas for now, we haven't gotten anything. So, I mean, we could have Battle Royale. We could have Warzone, not Warzone. We could have this whole kind of open world campaign. We could have all this different stuff. And we just, at this point in time, like, at this point in time in a development cycle for Halo, the other games would have already been, you know, Halo would usually, the games would be out. This is the longest we've gone, waiting while knowing about the product. Right, but we also are completely in the dark, whereas we never have been before. We at least had some kind of a headway. So, do you think, Justin, personally, that this is something that's really good? I mean, like, because I, I mean, I'll put it this way: because Brian and I have talked about this a lot, but it sucks. I think it, I think we can all agree it sucks when a game is announced years years before, like let's say Infinite, and then you're still waiting rather than them saying. Boom! Stealth drop. This game comes out in six months, like Fallout Four. But at the same time, just given the 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 situation we're in with this, do, are you glad that we haven't been? Are you are you, are you content? Like if Halo if Halo gets delayed another year, and we're still waiting for this game we've known has been announced, and we just get another cinematic trailer as a way of saying, "Hang in there, guys, it's coming." How is it? I'm make- sure. I'm sure I'll survive. Yeah. Well, I don't know how. Okay, okay. Well, I guess that's subjectively. Objectively, how how do you think if people get upset about this? I mean, do you think it's justified? Do you think how how do you look at it? No. No, no, I don't think it's justified. I love the. I don't. I, I, don't, the, I don't have any reasoning. I just don't think it's only justified. a Sith deal. Absolutes. <laughs> um. So I, I think there was. I kind of got like a. Uh, a you know a little bit from from the both of you at you know certain points during this podcast so far about like we were talking about um, games and like the you know when to announce them right that's that that's the overall topic right now is like and and Brian you mentioned before like Fallout Four coming out and you know uh, they announced the it. Now, by the way it's going to be available next month you know or three months yeah. from now so, you know, six but yeah um, 
Yeah, the, you know, this is the like the type of thing that Phil Spencer's been like talking about uh, for you know on like podcast unlocked and stuff like that, or IGN. On, on, yeah. Um, well, I just mean given the environment, given the situation we have, the hand we're dealt right now. Like this game's already been announced announced years ago. Like e- even though I think we'd all prefer the the Fallout Four approach, just give looking at what we have right now. Um, I mean. So, so I'm, I'm trying to like understand exactly what the question is and how I can answer. Well, because... okay, like there's a lot of people who are like Brian and I, and I'm sure you're the same. Where it's like we're we're fine. Like we want to play it. If they literally just came out and said today, like, boom, here's a 45 minute walkthrough of this one campaign mission, and this is a taste of things to come, we would be like, oh my god, let's go watch this. Let's record another episode talking about it. But you know, at the same time, I think. If we have to, since we've had to wait already, why not wait a few more months? Why not, you know, like I, I, how do you, I just, how do you as a, as a consumer, as someone who plays video games, Justin, I mean, where do you kind of stand on this climate that we're in of, of games that do sometimes get the announcement and then we're waiting for a while? I I know you said you're like, you're, you're fine with it in one sense, but like, how is this affecting you with infinite? How do you think it's going to affect people overall? If, if this gets delayed and people have to wait even longer. I, I really can't um, answer as to how people are going to feel and react and everything like that. Like, you're going to have people from all like, all parties and all different opinions on this. Like, the, the I'm just going to come right out and say, like, the wise opinion uh, is to be patient. You want trash, you know, rush trash, power to you. Go, go find some. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you actually care about this and you have... Uh, you know, uh, live long enough to acquire the patience to deserve and earn something that's, you know, worth waiting for, then that's, you know, that's a virtue in itself right there. Yeah. You know, patience is a virtue. So, um, when it comes to, you know, games and like being announced and, you know, like the last guardian and the last of us Two, I I was, I was pretty shocked to hear that it's had this long, Long, Final uh, Fantasy VII Remake was another good example. They gave it a trailer back in 2015, an announcement trailer, and then we didn't get really anything until oh, just yeah. last year. And then the game is just now out. So, but want me to fanboy it up a little bit? What's that? Want me to fanboy it up a little bit? You can. <laughs> well, right. let, let, let me rephrase I this. That's for both use because because Brian is the most kind of uh, knowledgeable about this kind of stuff. But it's for the Halo community. This is, aside from maybe books here and there, this is the longest we've gone without anything. Can, in, can I say something, Josh? Sure. I think, I think here's what it is. The one thing we're, we're not really uh, saying. Halo Infinite is a different case than all the other games that got released. They got announced way too early. Um, I think uh, I, I think ultimately I don't think it's a good idea to announce your game early. I think people... Yeah, I agree with Justin wholeheartedly about the patience thing. That's where I'm at. And I think... You know, I'm not trying to say this like conceitedly, but I think we're all older now and we all remember ourselves as gamers 10 years ago. So we're much more in the patient camp, but I also am sympathetic to those who aren't. I don't think it's like objectively. I mean, I do. I guess I do think it's objectively better to be patient. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling, you know, like I want this thing now and I've had to wait forever. Like that's a fair feeling. Um, so I think ultimately, like I knew about Cyberpunk, I think before Witcher 3 came out. That was 2015. I uh, mm, okay. I knew about it. There was a Twitter. There was a Twitter for Cyberpunk. I think before 2015. Um, I want to say it was 2013. Wow. Yeah, it was, was a ridiculous long time, long time ago. ago. Uh, Final Fantasy remake. Yeah, that that was announced in 2015. Um, Last of Us Two. I think was announced 2015. 
It's coming out 2020. Um, I, I don't think it's a good idea. I think they should wait and uh, announce the game at the very earliest, a year before it comes out. But I think why we're like kind of stumbling around with Halo Infinite is Halo Infinite's a different case because um, two things are two things are different here. One, even those games like Cyberpunk and Last of Us, they have showed us way more than Halo has in their five, seven years. They've shown us way more. Absolutely. Halo Infinite, the reason people are heightened heightened in anger is they've really shown us nothing except for one trailer with the pilot. That's it. And we are apparently, you know, six, seven months, whatever, from release right now, and we've seen nothing. So Halo is a different beast in that in this moment. We've seen nothing. Um, so that's different. And then secondly... I don't think Halo Infinite is in the same boat as like a Cyberpunk or a Last of Us where they're just taking a long time to develop and that's why we haven't seen much. I think this is very much a response to Halo 5. Halo 5, they released too much. Yeah, Justin, you kind of said that. They had a marketing too. campaign that was was basically false. They had a beta that was over a year in advance. They they said way too much and showed... We had full campaign missions by now um, uh, of footage. Like... And for Halo Infinite, you know, you got to think about what that team did. That team like came together uh, and 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 formed as a team as they created Halo Four. Halo Four came out; it received a lot of criticism. They went back to the drawing board, made Halo Five. They had these ideas of blue team and and uh, squads and all this stuff, and they thought, oh, Halo Five is going to be so good. Halo Five came out, it was utterly trashed by the community and just the gaming industry at large. You know, the for the story. And then they, I think they very much took the criticism and went back to the drawing board and kind of did what Justin said. They shot around concepts. They worked on a new engine. They they said, let's try this. Oh, that didn't work. Scrap that. Let's try something new. And then the only reason we even got the little teaser with the Warthog on the Halo ring in 2018 was because people were like, I haven't heard or seen from Halo in three years. So they wanted to let people know that it was being made. That's pretty much yeah. what Bethesda did with Elder Scrolls. Like, yeah. okay, we admit yeah. we're like, working. It's on working it. on it. Like, like because people, yeah, Elder working Scrolls. Working on it, hey, come on. Hey, hey Justin, <laughs> Elder Scrolls Skyrim came out nine years ago. Nine years ago, and I still haven't. It's been. Ins- it's insane. So yeah, they, like they just wanted to let people know. Um, What's that? I was like twenty. Uh, I think I was like twenty-two when that game came out. By the time the next one comes out, I'm probably going to be in my mid-thirties. That's just insane. To yeah, me. might be forty. I think you were twenty-three when it came out. But yeah, but so. yeah, so I just think Infinite's a different beast, and I think I have mad respect for three. Because honestly, and the, the sound, once again, it sounds conceited, but like when when Halo Five came out, I remember telling. I feel like I told both you guys. I don't know. I feel like I was just like, you know what? I need a break from Halo. Okay, like don't well, don't don't give me a Halo trailer in 2016. Halo Five burned me. I've had too much Halo. Just give me a Halo break. And I I think they took that. I think they just a lot of people thought that. I think they took the advice. They just they laid off. They didn't talk about Halo. They went to the grindstone. Went back to the drawing board. We all like to think that Infinite is going to be this great, quote-unquote, return to form for Halo. And I know we like Halo 4 and 5 anyway, so maybe return to form is not fair. But for the general audience, return to form is probably a, a fair statement. So well, uh, I'm, I'm glad that Halo Infinite is doing what it's doing. But. I'm, I'm going to role play here. I'm going to cut in. I'm going to say, Brian, what if... What if the whole reason we've been waiting this long isn't because they're they're trying to they're wait until they, they show off how just how amazing it is? What if this game absolutely freaking sucks? What if they've had nothing but development problems the entire time? You know, people leaving, people coming and going. What if all this stuff is true? What if this game is worst case scenario and that's why we haven't seen it yet? What would you have to say about that? Not that and not that I feel that way, but I'm just you know to no, the so I've people heard many people say that. that. Justin, yeah. do you have something to say first? So basically, the end of uh, the fanboys movie. 
Yeah. Something like that, more or less. What if it sucks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, many people have said that. They're like, oh, the lack of footage is is 343 not having a good, you know, it's lots of trouble and development. Most of the time when people say that. They ain't got the balls to show us anything right now. I'm so Yeah. Angry. Actually, yeah. I feel like most of the time when people say that, they're kind of like poking 343 going, hey, if you really had something good, you'd show us. Hey, like they're trying to like talk 343 into releasing something. Gaslight them. Gaslight them, yeah. And I, I, you know, is it possible? Of course it's possible. But I feel like if I knew the game was going to, if I knew the game was like, let's say they're so far in development, they know it sucks and there's no way to go back on it now. I think I'd probably be promoting it more. I'd pick out the good snippets and stuff to try to sell copies. If I know the game's bad, I'd be like, here's this gameplay footage. Here's this cool cutscene. I'd be trying to... But I think I just sense a real... I, I, I sense confidence from it. And, I do too. You know? So, um, yeah, I think Halo's a different beast, but ultimately... Uh, to, to go... To mo- I'll let Justin talk here, but to move on to move on to like the questions and answers and sum up this topic, I want to ask you guys your official last statement. My last statement on this topic is... Wait till the game's much cl- like wait till you're sure it's very close to being released, then announce it. Quick announce and release. That's what I would prefer. Josh and Justin, what do you guys prefer? Go ahead, Justin. And say what um, you want to say before Justin. If it's off topic, go just go ahead. Like people tend not to uh, like when there's a silent person in the room. You know they tend to think higher of them. Uh, you know, but what's what's like the saying about like you know quickest way to tell someone's a fool is to hear them open their mouth yeah you know what i mean like staying silent in that room you can ex- you know exude that confidence and stuff like that so i again who knows what they're what's going on behind the scenes we don't know we have no idea uh yeah i mean that, but it sounds like it, it sounds like justin you're in the camp you'd prefer that uh you know they didn't announce a game five years before it came out right or am i wrong oh i, w- I wish i could go to camp right now i'm stuck in my house well there's that too. No, but I, I, I you know, I think too. Go ahead, you know, little Annie. Something none of us have mentioned uh, is Yippee! that you know, with a lot of these developments too, you got to imagine that some of them, even though like something like Last of Us or Final Fantasy and all this stuff, a lot of these games probably never had the intention of announcing this game with it coming out almost a decade later, if not half a decade, and all that stuff. You got to imagine they never intend on that. So something happens. So it's one of those things like they can't foresee that when they're showing it off at this E3 or this Gamescom and stuff like that. But, you know, a a good example is with Halo 4. We only learned just, I think, last year that Bonnie Ross wanted that to be a launch title for the Xbox One. So and we never knew that. And, And honestly, just looking at the way it was, the promotional campaign was run, never would have been able to really guess that. So I think, it. yeah, I mean, to to sum up my opinion, I think it really does go to show that. Even if, you know, in the case of Halo Infinite, that there's been problems along the way, which, I mean, let's be real, there has been. There is with every game. There's roadblocks, and how do you get past them? I think it is definitely a sign of, hey, we realize maybe we jumped the gun. We're still figuring things out, you know, with these games. We're a new studio still, relatively, in the gaming industry, and we're trying to... uh, We've seen how we've, we've done Halo 4 and Halo 5 somewhat similarly, somewhat differently. We're trying to do Halo Infinite... It's completely different. What's and what's their incentive? We, they're learning from it. What's their incentive too to release little snippets of information? Because here's exactly what happens. If today they revealed, they just came out and said Halo Infinite is open world, immediately you'd see Twitter and the threads and Waypoint everywhere flooded with 
I don't want an open world Halo. Open world sucks. It didn't work for this game. It didn't work for this game. I'm not buying it. Pre-order canceled. Halo ruined. 343 always sucked. Blah, 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 blah. And they're going to take all that and draw. There's going to be conversations and podcasts and everything forever about something like just them saying the words it's open world. We don't know what that looks like in practice. Maybe it is very classic Halo. Maybe. And here's another good example. One I actually liked. Gears of War 5. Gears of War 5. They didn't show the campaign until like less than a month before the game came out. Well, the campaign had open, quote-unquote, open-world segments. I don't know how far you guys have gotten that or whatever, but there were segments where you got on the skiff, it was like a vehicle, and you kind of had like a little open-world section in Gears 5 where you could kind of uh, take your time and go to little side areas and stuff. It was very different for Gears. Now, if they had said a year in advance, Gears 5 will have open-world elements, people are going to speculate and talk about how horrible this is forever. Maybe right now, maybe, uh, maybe there is a Battle Royale in Halo Infinite, and they just said... Halo Infinite will have a Battle Royale. And then maybe Josh and me got on a podcast and talked about how much we think that's bad for Halo. Like, it doesn't really do them much good in a reactionary world we live in to just give a... You know, people are like, just give me something. Just give me something. Uh, I don't I don't think that's going to work for them very well. I think uh, it'd be well, much... The Last of Us 2 leaks have proven that. Yeah. Everyone takes the bullet in. And I get it on one end, but you look at the bullet point leaks that are there. There's, you know, people and what little like footage I'm, is there, and people are just like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not dead. buying it. Done, canceled. Yeah. It's so, that knee jerk reaction society. If Halo Infinite does what we're pretty sure they're going to do, because Bonnie Ross said 2020 E3 is going to be a big time for them. If they do what we think they're going to do, they're going to come out here early in when June. When did she say that? What? When did she say that? Because, boy, I can just imagine the narrator just going, little did she know. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was 2019. <laughs> E3 2019, she said 2020 would be big for, for Infinite. So. What's probably going to happen is early June, we're going to get this huge blowout. They're going to announce the, what the story's about, who the enemy is. We're going to see multiplayer. We're going to see maybe there'll even be a beta right at E3. Who knows? And we're going to have all of this at once to have a much fuller picture rather than just say, think if they just said that like Sprint was in Halo Infinite right now. If they just said that, people would lose their minds pissed, you know, and it wouldn't do anything to benefit them. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it's smart for them. You know, Keep it to the chest. Go ahead, Joseph. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Something. Okay. I- <laughs> People are going to bitch and complain no matter what. You can't avoid it. Uh, here's all that matters, and here's all they have to do to, to be successful with Halo. They just have to hit a couple marks. It's got to be cool. It's got to be fun. And it's got to make you feel like a badass. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. It's, the, the story just has to be a little compelling. The, you know, this, this this stuff really shouldn't be too hard. You know, mythological and compelling. Yeah. That's one thing that 343 has done very poorly is the 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 sense of like a mythological, um, even even the you know biblical parts uh, have been completely like ignored and removed from that. It's been militaristic. Bring back compelling mythological storytelling. You know, it, playing one through three, you felt like you were like discovering some a bigger part of a story, and four and five, four felt like kind of a more interpersonal kind of. Uh, relationship type very of story. sci-fi, just straight hard sci-fi. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I want to. I think going back to the roots, uh, you know, is, is too rudimentary. You know, rudimentary of a saying. Uh, but just make it cool. Make the player feel like a badass, and make it fun. And gameplay, and uh, anything else doesn't matter. Uh, yet that's it. Hit those I marks. Think you're 100 right, Justin. You win. Uh, and to to go off what you're saying, I'll, I'll echo what I've been saying for several episodes now. Is when it comes to video game franchises, uh, it sucks until it doesn't. I keep saying that. Like, yeah. it sucks until it doesn't. It doesn't matter how much you guys want Halo Infinite uh, information. If Halo Infinite comes out and it's good, it's good. 
game over. We're, we're, we're smooth sailing. If it comes out and it sucks, it sucks. And people say, oh, man, Halo Infinite's the last time. The last time I'm going to give Halo a chance, and then I'm done forever. Maybe, but probably not. If a good one comes out, you're back in. That's all it takes. Like, you might be frustrated, but, like, it sucks until it doesn't. Once it's good, yeah, you're back Yeah, Brian in. was a good example of this. We were just talking recently about how, and you guys already know on the show, if you if you listen, uh, Brian, when Halo 5 came out, just had this identity crisis, and Brian was like, man, I just don't care anymore. Because I'm a story just, guy. He got, he got so removed. Yeah, was so... And here we are doing a podcast, you know, so... Let me, let me ask you guys a question here. What was the most badass you felt playing a Halo game? And I'll 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 start off. I'm going to take this one from you guys before you can take it from me. Um, going back, I'm sure uh, it'll feel like you know different replaying it maybe. But the first time in Halo Two where you're in uh, New Mombasa and you jump on that scarab, oh, yep, that's mine. It felt like I was. Yep, they, I got. Nice. I, I stole it. That's take close, that. but not mine. It, but that's very close. It felt like it felt like the scene from like Starship Troopers where he jumps in the bug's back, shoots a hole, and plants a grenade in there and just flees. The only good bug up. is a you, den bug. <laughs> I'm doing my part. I love Starship Troopers. We're going to war. So good. Thank you, Justin, for showing me war! Starship Troopers. I have it on 4K. I love it. <laughs> oh, so um, for me, it was, and I know it's not really in gameplay, but I played Halo 2 first. And when I got the, you know, uh, sir, permission to leave the station, for what purpose, Chief? Yeah. Giving the Covenant back their bomb. And then you see him waiting, and then the, the air chamber opens up, and he grabs it, he flies out. And I remember playing that for the first time, and I just went, I just thought, this is the most badass thing I've ever seen. And then, you know, once that cutscene plays out and I jump into the new Mombasa mission that you guys are talking about, that I, I feel like I'm embodying this badass. And I just love it so much. I mean, Halo 3, I mean, 1 and 3 also had great moments to make you feel like a badass. But 2 very much had that edgy, you know, you had the rock music. You, you had, had the, the bigger, better, Steve and more vibes, badass. Breaking Benjamin, you know, Incubus. Like, 2 just had that, oh, it made you feel like a badass. When you get to... Like and I, I'm a huge fan of Four's campaign. Not as much Five, and I, I like both games for things. But Four and Five, you don't, you don't get that as much. You know, you know why? I was just no. the, you totally made me think of this. I'm so glad you brought it up. Something you know, I love about the Bungie era, and I, it's not a knock on Three Four Three, but I love. I think it was a uh, Grisamir. I was mispronouncing. Jamie Grisamir. Yeah, yeah. Grisamir sounds like a uh, type of cheese. Uh, he said once, basically, that uh, I think it was him. That you never want to take those moments, like those really badass moments, out of the player's hands. You don't want to force them to sort of watch this in a cutscene. Someone listening to this might say, well, how about the bomb scene? Well, originally they didn't intend to have that be a level. Things happened. Things changed. But... But you did get to board the scarab. (laughs) Correct. Yeah, so you have something like that. Even watching it, though, was amazing. Yeah. So, But you get to Halo 4, and at the end of it, there's a sort of like quick that you're crawling, you know, at the very end. You're sort of like... It's different. It's a little different. And then you get to Halo 5, and when you fight and lock... You're just watching it. You're not playing it. You're not getting to actually be chief in that moment. You're you're a, a viewer. You're not chief. So I kind of I kind of miss that stuff. But I have to. I'm just to. And I'm not trying to poop on three for three. I just love that. That's what I. That's what made me feel like a badass was actually doing that with the scarab. And I was just like, this is freaking amazing. Like I was coming off mm-hmm. Halo One where I survived the flood and everyone else pretty much died, and suddenly Johnson's there, and I'm like, oh, I'm not alone. <laughs> Awesome! <laughs> Halo, and like, I still remember playing it coming off Halo 1 as this complete noob, and I was like, the entire world of Earth is dead. Chief is the only human left. And I'm like, who else is out there? And then I go into the second game thinking that, and there's all these humans just like clapping, clapping right at the beginning, and I'm like, 
I can't, I can't, I'm not going to say the F word on this podcast, but I was like, what the, you know, I was like, what is going on? What alternate timeline am I in? And then it just takes off from there and there's the bomb and there's the, 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 uh, the scarab and, and then just everything. And then playing as the arbiter. And it's just like, man, that was an amazing experience. I'm just, I'm uh, getting nostalgic thinking about that. Can, can either of you think of a moment in, uh, any of the three, three, four, three Halo games? Um, and I don't want to knock them or anything like that, but. This is something I, I I honestly cannot think of a moment where um, I felt like a badass playing their games. Can you guys think? Of I, a I do have a couple for Halo Four, but I, I I don't think you know they're not they're not on on the bungee level for me personally. But um like what were they? Halo Four? There's a there's the section where you you drive the ghost really quickly out of that area, and then the cutscene. Well, I'm not talking about in gameplay. I'm talking about in the cutscene when uh, okay. like Chief is takes that ghost. And he's like coming off the edge of the cliff and like. Cortana's like, you better get out of here, cowboy. And he jumps off right at the end of the edge, and then the ghost goes sailing off. Or there's a section where you have to, like, run and jump on the Didact ship at the end. I mean, I honestly feel those moments. They're all they're all cutscene, I will be honest with you. But, yeah, so say, Justin, are you, are you meaning in general or just, like, actual gameplay? I thought Halo 4 had a couple, um, personally. But. Actual gameplay or, you know, on equivalence to giving the Covenant back their bomb. Well, I'll say this. That, I, I'll that, cut in and say I think... Halo 4, even though I've had my issues with it, I think it told a much more intimate story than we've ever had mm-hmm. in Halo. There's like, just a different Reach design probably philosophy the between the two but studios. It, yeah, it, it did yeah. have that. But they were trying to figure that out, too. I think they looked at it and they were like, well, we don't necessarily... Like, we've seen the bigger, better, more badass. How can we tell something a little bit more core, more isolated and, and intimate? And then with 5, it was, yeah. you know, I don't I don't necessarily know the philosophy with that one. Every, time you, lo- every time you look at behind-the-scenes stuff for Bungie on Halo... It, it, much to people's dismay sometimes back then, it, it seemed like they were always just focused on making a, a fun game. You know, like people would be like... Why? 30 seconds of fun. People would be like, why aren't they Why aren't they giving <laughs> us more information on, on um, you know, the Spartan program? Why aren't we meeting Kelly? Why aren't we, um, you know, seeing more about the, the Forerunners? Like, Bungie's like... But and Bungie's just like Bungie's like Kelly. it'd be fun for the player if they could take on two scarabs at once, and it'd be fun for the player if they could do this and do that, and like they just making a game, and and people are like, you know, why don't you acknowledge the lore more? Why don't you do this and that? And then with three four three games, it feels like the games are being made by a company that very much knows what they inherited, and they know that they have Halo, and they're trying to make something really cool out of that. Where Bungie just had this like almost lackluster approach to it, like these are just games, you know. No, it's definitely a different dichotomy. You had ones that were like more focused on the fun aspect, the other ones that were more are more focused on the story. And you have your fans who prefer that because they've they've gotten used to I, the fun. I, so I'm not I'm not sure if I completely agree with that because I, I feel like there was a lot more depth. Again, mythology in, in the I get that. Like I mean I I, I, I I'm with I you. I think on they're that. they're going I would less, agree less, you know I would agree you mean with the, the whole depth, like but in a way where it's not said. I would agree with you. Because you mean the whole, like, it's not yes. natural, This you know, it's not natural formation and all the, the forerunner sort of stuff that's there in the background. Of the they, sort they cracked of open your mind to something speak. huge, but they never said what it was, you know. But with Halo, with, with 343, they're like, hey, look, this is huge, you know. Yeah. There's a thing with, uh, there's a thing with, like, horror movies in, in that sometimes it's better not to see the monster yeah. or whatever. I completely and know where you're going with this and I yeah, completely Yeah, like for for example, like, you know, uh most reason I can think of is like Bird Box. You know, not seeing the thing was way better than actually seeing what they had planned, which was like some kind of baby demon face thing. Um way better not seeing it. Uh 
yeah, if you tell them too much, you know, then they know. You know, to quote Jim Carrey in Batman Forever, if you tell them, he'll know. Yeah. I want to throw my opinion in and just pass it over to you guys to wrap it up so we can move on to Q&A. But, uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely agree with that. And I, I don't think it's 343's fault. I think they've done a great job with what they've had. But when you establish something like that and you have a sense of mystery, it always runs that risk of being underwhelming to some. For other people, they're, like, super pleased. But, like... Even even with Force Awakens, for an example, the the sort of mystery of, of just Luke and, and who is Snoke and all this stuff, and then you you know it, that was that was great for people. It had people talking and speculating and theorizing, but then you get to the end of it, and for some people it's okay. For a lot of people, it's not. It doesn't make anyone more right than the other, but I mean, it definitely is one of those things where it's like it's a tough. Yeah, that's just a tough gambit. It's just a tough gambit. I, I think it's almost- do you tell that story? Do you answer those questions? Because people want those things answered. But it doesn't always live up to expectations. I think it's almost a required part of having of telling a, a good story is having mystery there in the background. Like it, I feel like it always needs, even if you create it for that purpose. Like, you know, real. If we're being honest, like the forerunners in practice and the Halo trilogy, it didn't really matter. Like it didn't matter if you knew who they were. If, no, if, but God, but it was just I want to know. It was, you want to know? It was just cool. <laughs> it was a cool mystery. Um, but yeah. here's the thing, like. When they revealed the forerunners, then what did they do? They made up the precursors, which are the precursors or made the forerunners. It's like, okay, what you guys did was basically just replace the forerunners with the precursors. Like you now, the mystery is the precursors. Like, it, it's just not. It, it doesn't make. Uh, I no. Yeah, I I do want to say as a side note, I would you know I think the precursors is like completely a three four three invention. I think you said before. Yeah. I would love to see Halo kind of go into the cosmic horror route a little bit, more back into the unknown. I, mean, I could be up for that because that's kind of like what the flood was. I would love to see like, you know, other precursor stuff. The flood stuff in HP um, Lovecraftian what, what, type that would be pretty method. dope. Like HP mm, Lovecraftian, that'd be perfect. Like, yeah. I want I want to find something I don't understand in the game, and I don't necessarily need it to be like you know here's here's explain the, the lore you know i, I want to be able to like you know having people being able to like make those like fan theories and just wonder if, again if you tell them they can't wonder anymore one of the, one of the you got to have that there the, you're right you're 100 right one of the things i love about lord of the rings is that uh tolkien wrote about the two blue wizards um there's there's five wizards there's uh gandalf saruman radagast and then the two blue wizards who are unnamed who when they came to Middle Earth they went east, and he never said anything more about them. And it's just when a cult and sort of served a punch. It it, fa- it fascinates me though, and I think I think I think it fascinates most people who are into the Tolkien verse because it's like same with Tom Bombadil. What did they? Oh yeah, Tom Bombadil. Tom Bombadil was this wacky dude who just sung and had no worries and seemed almost godlike, but you was never explained. Picture is John Goodman. He was never explained. So like, I love that. Like I'm never gonna know who officially who uh, Tom Bombadil was or what those two blue wizards did. Uh, I'm never going to know unless you know, obviously somebody could come along and, and write new canon, but that's not, that's not token. I love the mystery of it, you know, and I, the forerunner, and I wanted to know what the foreigners were. Like I'll give, I'll give three, four, three, a pass on that. Like I wanted them to tell me who they were, but you know, the mystery was, was so great. So th- that's the last thing I'll say on it. And then we can go to Q and a, what do you think? I actually have Justin? one, Just, one last for, question for Justin. You want to say, I also something? have something to add. I had something real quick I wanted to add to, and I'll let you get to your thing. Ha ha. Uh, I I think this is kind of what happens when <laughs> this is what happens when the fans kind of get a hold of their their you know the the of the the product of the you know the the mantle basically uh, to Halo it up uh, is what happened at the legendary ending of Halo Four. Oh, we finally got to see you know his you know part of his face. 
you know, the, we, we really should never have had any kind of hint of that. Uh, the, the, you know, the closest we should have ever had is, you know, the Master Chief taking off his helmet at the end of the, you know, Halo 1 and just having that hint That's like, fair. ah, you know, leave, yeah, again, my, my point is leave that mystery. We don't need to know. Yeah, you do, it goes without saying, to, some things, you, you, can, you know, it's it's nice to have answered. So a lot of things, too, yeah. it's nice to just keep the mystery always going because yeah. that's part of the driving force. But, uh, Justin, before we segue, I'm going to ask you a quick question. I don't mind if you give us a long answer. I've talked to Brian to death about this. He knows what I think. I know what he thinks. No wrong answer. For you, personally, as a fan of Halo, is there anything for Halo Infinite that you want, whether it be some aspect of the story or multiplayer, is there anything you want or do you, are you just like, Hey, just give me whatever. And I hope I, I hope I love it. Is there anything you want? I mean, like, I mean, in terms of the story, where it could go, uh, characters, like I said, multiplayer, any, anything, if not, that's just, fine. I know where Brian and I just, feel like just, just the marks I, m- I mentioned earlier, just, you know, myth- make it mythological and compelling story wise, make it make sense, you know, like, um, don't, you know, don't smack the fans for, you know, paying attention and, you know, loving it for all these years, uh, by only giving us three missions as our favorite character, uh, trying <laughs> not to curse salt it. there. <laughs> Brian's like, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, make it make it cool and you know make me feel cool for playing it you know uh make it fun make it fun make it you know cool i want to be you know i want to feel like a badass again yeah because i can't do it in real life i need the escape <laughs> that's a lie but i know what you mean man. you know I, I think uh i think what would be good enough like if they, if they tell a decent story like a good enough story that's good enough but for me the like the, the gear series gears of war I feel like Gears of War four and five to me. Oh, to uh, I'll, I'll pass over here quick. Justin, let's have something to say. Uh, to me, Gears of War four and five are good enough stories. I think they're good enough, proper continuations, but they're not that great. They're just good enough. So Infinite to get a pass for me, it needs to have a good enough story. But really, I want it to be a story that compel, that captivates me, one that I want to talk about and theorize with my friends. If it's just you know Halo one all over again or something, I mean that's good, but it's not much to talk about. We got we got Justin. Um, I mean, I guess it kind of happened in Halo Five, but I want to lose. I want the end of the story to be like be cool. Infinity War, you know, like the like the Empire Strikes Back or Infinity War. Like, let us lose one. You know, he's gonna save the universe again, again and again, or the galaxy over and over again. And you know, and you know, it. I I, no, I can see how it kind of like very, something like that with really Halo cool. Five, but it just came, it came off not. You know, not. I don't know. I, I'll I, say I've never, I've never heard anyone say that about Halo Infinite until now. So that's that could be. It would be cool if like they, they didn't even kill Chief, but they're Whoa. just like there's like this really on, big Brian. segment at the end of the game, and it, and it like awesome things are happening, and then at the very end before the screen goes black, Chief is like, oh shit, like it's over, you know, like Brian. So what yeah. you're telling me is Oof. you thought that idea would be cool, and, and. it was cool. <laughs> It's been a while. It's been a while. Ah, it's been hopefully, a while. Hopefully, hey, hopefully. Man, Justin, we hit them both you, at once Justin, right there. Justin, Justin, hit us with, it's been a while. It's been a while. Oh, yeah, I like that. Oh, oh he knows the words. No, he just kind of did like, because he didn't know the words, right? You know what? He's, he's got it's been a while since I could hold my head up high. Uh, yeah. Suck it. Got the rhythm. Okay. Uh, yeah, so maybe maybe we'll get Justin out here to sing Can you sing a full song. Sucker! Maybe we'll get Justin here to sing the song with us when they when they show off Halo gameplay, like I made in that tweet. But speaking of a tweet, I had yeah. one on the Sacred Icon what? Halo Twitter. 
Ooh, that's a thing. And we're gonna ask. Uh, first, actually, I haven't got. Uh, I haven't got Justin's response, so we'll ask Justin first, and then we'll go Ooh. through some of the answers. Ooh, the question God. that we asked on Sacred Icon Halo was, mm-hmm. you are burying a Halo time capsule so that a future generation can experience just a little of the franchise you hold so dear. You have room to put one game that's not Master Chief Collection, one piece of extended media, can be a book, toy, or a film, and a note of why Halo means so much to you. What do you choose and say? Justin, do you want to answer first? Um, sure, and, uh, I would have to choose Halo 1, um, cool, 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 the extended media? Yeah, you can pick a book, or a movie, or a toy. Oh, The Fall of Reach, okay. the book The Fall of Reach by Eric Nyland, uh, and, uh, the note would say, um, this is how us simple peasants used to live, this was the best thing ever. Enjoy. For me. You know what's so great now? Love because, the past. Because you said, Justin said the most common answer, which is also the answer that me and Josh had. Uh, we picked Halo Combat Evolved, The Fall of Reach, and then the a, a note about how something, how it means so much to us. Uh, because the thing is, The Fall of Reach is like the perfect companion piece to, to Combat Evolved. You read that book, it goes right into Combat Evolved. I just told Josh not too long ago, when I play Combat Evolved, I don't know if you're like this, Justin, when I play Combat Evolved, in my head, the events of The Fall of Reach just happened, not the, not the Reach game. I think of the book. I'm yeah. like, okay, those Spartans, you know, a bunch of them died. They try to get off there. Chiefs and Cryo. It's the perfect companion piece. They go together so well. You get a pretty complete story, honestly. You could end at Halo 1 and have a pretty complete story. Um, so, yeah. But I'll, I'll go ahead and read on to um, to some to some fan uh, yes. responses because yeah, I picked up. It's I, been a while since we've done this. It, it's been a while. Oh, man. Josh is in it now. Uh, mm. But a lot of people picked the same answer, so I'm going to kind of read theirs first. John Din... From the Discord, our Discord moderator, awesome dude, John Den. Our lovely, lovely, talented, and ever so helpful and insightful Discord moderator. Um, John Den says, here I am coming to comment on placing CE and Fall of Reach in the time capsule, and here you are already stealing my thunder. Seriously, though, the best book game combo in the series. Fall of Reach for, for really crafting the universe superbly, and CE for starting the main Halo narrative. Brilliantly said. Um, Ricky's, I really gotta learn this guy's real name Or maybe it's just Ricky, I don't know Ricky's Clearing Stick is his username Ricky! He says Halo CE Do you guys remember, that? do you guys know what movie that's from? No Well, you know, I'll I just know. go Myself Yeah, you just go go, go to a corner oh. and, and put your nose in it <laughs> I'm not gonna it's so hard not to say the, the F word uh, what, what movie are you referring well, to? What you, can do, what you can do is what me and my wife do We don't say the F word, we just go Carol F and Baskins from Tiger Wow. <laughs> um, Brian, that is the most. <laughs> I tell you who's the, the fault for Halo 5 base. not having a good story. Carol Effin Baskins! <laughs> if wow. you guys have seen Tiger King, you know what I'm talking about. If not, that's yeah, going to be oh, yeah. really I know what you're talking about. Um, but Ricky's Clearing Stick says, Halo CE, Fall of Reach novel. Note would say, just play this game and read the book. Then you'll understand why I am the way I am. I get that. Halo is in a lot of our identity. I like um, that you 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 managed to like have a good response, but also kind of set up this sort of like mystery about who you are yeah. to that person, whoever's like pulling out that time capsule. Like, read this and you'll know who I am. It's like, oh shit! They'll just oh, think no. that, like, they'll just think that Ricky is this badass super soldier. <laughs> exactly, and he is. Um, we have another response. This I like is, this response because this this it's really original. Uh, from Dominic Clark, he says, "Halo Three ODST best campaign in the series, in my opinion." The Hunt the Truth series, best piece of media to come out of the franchise aside from the games, in my opinion. 
No would say Halo is a pretty cool guy. He kills alien and doesn't afraid of anything. Um, <laughs> uh, ODST is a great game, and that's got a really cool atmosphere, and I think, like, Hunt the Truth, the podcast, which was also amazing, really couples well with ODST. They kind of have this, like, intrigue, kind of dark Oni settings type stuff, so uh, what do you guys think about that? Justin? <laughs> Brian? Um, I, thought, I, mean, I was okay fully be... expecting you to go with Josh. <laughs> it, it's, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. Uh, no, no, uh, I, I totally get the Hunt, Hunt the Truth uh, completely that, that like, that... I didn't even think about that one. I would still choose my, uh, you know, my, my choice for Fall of Reach, the book. Uh, but that was such a great thing. I do think that would probably send a mixed message because it, it, it is kind of like a found kind of footage yeah. type of deal or found kind of audio. So a future, you know, civilization listening to this uh, it might be a little confused and think, oh, these devious bastards. True. True. That you, it would paint an so, entirely different picture for the Halo universe. Then what? Like if you yeah. give Halo one, two, and three compared to just giving them ODST and uh, Hunt the Truth, you'd be like, you'd think it's a whole different thing. Plus, there's a hub world in just ODST. Just imagine, <laughs> but I, just just imagine somebody like building a monument to this fictitious, you know, Benjamin, yeah. Benjamin <laughs> Garad, our Garad. hero. I think it's Garad or Gerard. Like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that's a good answer though, and I, I get it because I mean, like they both, like you said, Brian, they kind of play off one another yeah. pretty well in terms of just like very dark the whole Oni aspect and everything. Like that's really like ODST was really where you got to see Oni outside of the book. It would have been cool to see them go in that direction with them being like the bad guys. That but been dope. we all are on the same page there. Uh, Jacob Child says, although Reach is my favorite game, it surely has to be Halo CE in the in the time capsule because the first time you step onto the Halo ring is incredible. The fall of Reach because it's a great book and tells the backstory of Chief. Halo Legends for world building and a great mix of episodes. Halo Legends would that would paint a very interesting picture because I don't know Josh and I have watched it all. Have you watched all Halo Legends, Justin? Ah, uh, if I did. Yeah, there's, there's some good stuff in there that feels very Halo, like the where like Cortana's talking about like the origin of Forerunners and stuff. But then there's some like there's like yeah there's like a really weird cartoon with a Spartan whose tag is like yep you show me like L three three seven for leets. And he acts like a Dragon mm-hmm. Ball Z character, and it's really weird. Yeah, isn't he like kind of like a desert yeah. kind of like area? Yeah, it's, you showed it's me that. bonkers. So people would be like, "What is this series?" Probably. Um, but bonkers is a word I have not heard in a long time. Absolutely, that's gonna be the title of this episode. Absolutely bonkers. No, it won't be. <laughs> Absolutely bonkers. Um, KN. Starring Justin, Brian, and Josh Saturday mornings on PBS. Sometimes he just runs away with these things. Justin. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I noticed. Uh, <laughs> Is your refrigerator running? Because I sure am. Oh, that always makes me think of Spider-Man Two. Love that game. What? Why? Because that was that was literally like an optional uh, little like side quest thing. Like they'd have a kid whose balloon was getting away, and you can go get it. Then they'd have a guy who was like, oh, I remember doing yeah, that. They'd, then they'd have a guy who would just literally say to you, "Is your refrigerator running?" Because I sure am. And then he would just straight book it, and, like take off. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. Anyway, I always think of the Grinch with Jim Carrey because he calls that one dude and that one who dude, and he's like. Man, is your, was thick. He was like, it's like it's, he didn't say refrigerator. It's something different in Whoville. He's like, is your ref- refrigerator running? And he's like, well, then you better go catch it. And he hangs up the phone, and I'm like, that was my first time ever hearing the joke. And my mom was like, oh, yeah, that's an old joke. But um, I just pictured little baby Brian like. <laughs> <laughs> so I was wheezier as a child than I am as an adult. Okay, noted. Uh, I um <laughs> Mom, this is hilarious. <laughs> Why do you sound geriatric now? Holy shit, that was funny. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, we have one from K and Nick. 
Oh, I want to hear that K's in uh, there. K and Nick, yeah. K and Nick says, just because you said not to put MCC in there, I have to say it. MCC. <laughs> Wrong. You lost. Sorry. But for real, I'd probably put no. Halo 2 in there. I'd put the Fall of Reach book, and I'd tell them about why the story of Halo was so great, about the community and all the crazy shit we did. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. That's why I picked yeah, it. That's good, like yeah. That all the crazy shit we did. There has been a lot of crazy shit done in Halo. Like a Halo. It makes it sound like a Halo yearbook. Right? Like the yeah. think, think of, uh, We've touched on this in the past. Think of uh, the end of Halo 2, you know? And, and, and the Halo 2 online and the people that stuck through it until the very Super end. Super jumping and, yep. uh, and uh, BXR. Oh, and, God. Uh, even, even like, <sighs> he says crazy shit we did. Like, we've talked about this in the past. Microsoft really helped their franchise by being so open about what people can do with it. Red versus blue. I mean, that was a big thing. You know, it's still a big thing. Mm. You know, like letting people create content within Halo. Uh, it's just kept the universe alive. <sighs> I, I gotta say real quick, like that that just makes me think. I, I've forgotten so much about the Halo community that that they used to be around. The Red versus Blue, that entire series. That website was like amazing at one point with all the like the community stuff you could do. It was like more advanced than like you know MySpace or Facebook at one point. It felt like that with, was like, my first social movable. media experience. Yeah, it, it was. There was a social media platform based around Halo, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was absolutely great. Completely agree. Uh, my Not good answer though. Good yeah, answer. just got made a super mm-hmm. emotional. There, there was there was the the time period around like I don't know two thousand four five ish of Halo. It's never gonna be replicated again. It was just firing all cylinders, and it was there was a time where like Halo was the coolest game in the world. Like it was, it was mm-hmm. cool of you to like Halo. Now it's like some you know, and if I go to like work, you know, and I talk about Halo, people are like, eh. No, Call of Duty, you know, Battlefield, you know. The, That's just, so. I mean, it, I don't get it. Another, but, another topic never, for another episode, yeah. but. I've never felt like really cool playing Call of Duty. Not, I mean, it just feels like <laughs> never run, been into shoot, it. run, never shoot. Been into it. I mean, I remember yeah. back in high school, like Justin and I, like, I don't know if you purchased any Justin, but I definitely did. And we tried to get into them and they just, they never resonated with us. Yeah. Um, the last answer I have, because I thought this one was really unique. Uh, I, I apologize for mispronouncing your, your name or username. Cruzada. Phantasmal says, "Halo." Oh, damn, that's dope. Yeah, Whatever that is that's super cool. Uh, it sounds say like something again. I would say when some Cruzada Phantasmal. Now nah, say it with some oomph. Cruzada Phantasmal. Okay, this is not a taco. Uh. <laughs> this is not a taco <laughs> joint. I don't know you why you just you're said going this there. is not a taco. You didn't say like a taco joint. You're like this not a, I'm not. A, I'm trying to figure out where, where you're. Cruzada. What was it again? Cruzada Phantasmal. Oh, there you go. I'm I a little accent. You know what? That sounds like that sounds like a, a, a roll an R. It sounds like a location in an RPG. It sounds like something Let's I would go. say after I experienced how awesome Halo Infinite's campaign was. It was Phantasma. Uh But I, I picked I picked Beautiful. his response because I thought it was really original. He said for the time capsule, he would put the game Halo Reach and the book Halo: The Flood. So you get to experience the same thing we all said, but in the inverse. The book is the is the is the game, and the game is the book. Except we don't get the plot of Halo: Fall of Reach. No, you get the watered down plot of the game Reach, which is also one of my favorite Ouch. games of all time. But Damn, it's true. Brian. It's true, man. I'm sorry. It's one of my favorite games Damn. of all time, bro. But the Reach game is nowhere near as good story wise as the Fall of Reach book. You with me, Justin? Back me up. Woo. Oh yeah. I, Why are you even saying I, it like I'm against agree. you? I'm not down against me. you. I need Justin to lift me. You raise me up. <laughs> yeah, only you would know that song. So my opinion can be okay. Maybe <laughs> yeah. that was beautiful. That's beautiful. Okay, guys, let me do a little bit of sell here. If you guys want to join us in conversation about any topic, it can be Halo, it can be something else. 
Join us on Discord. We're uh, at Sacred Icon Halo on Discord. You can go to the Twitter. We ask Sacred a bunch Icon of Halo questions Discord. on the Twitter at Sacred Icon Halo. You can contact Josh at Jovial Joshy. You can contact me Damn at right. Brian's Bane. Justin, do you want people to contact you or no? <laughs> Leave me alone. Okay, well, you can I'll contact you, uh, Justin. You can contact us about Justin. And then we'll, we'll get there, through to him. He's go. a very prestigious guy. He sits in a tall building in an office with a coat and like glasses and a hat, and you have to... You've told Justin me. is actually the guy who sits behind the window on Deal or No Deal. That's Justin. <laughs> we call him up. I am the yes. banker. Um, you get nothing. Uh, guys, we have a uh, we have a Patreon. If you feel like uh, giving monetarily, uh, we mostly just ask if you guys want to do that to give a buck. There's options to give more, but a buck is kind of what we ask. It's just a cool way to support us. Um, if not, uh, Josh, where can they leave a review at? Oh my goodness, you guys! Speaking of that, we have a review. You guys can do that on Apple Pods if you want to. And let me tell you, it means a lot. Anytime we get one, even if it's bad. So by all means, have fun. We're going to read it on the show. So you can do so on Apple Pods, uh, but but please, by all means, give us a five-star rating. Uh, let us know what you think on there. And it, and it just, it helps. It helps. And it, and it means a lot. But we had one uh, recently from someone by the name of Ricky Longjoint Lafleur, who said, these guys just plain keep Halo lighthearted, positive, and fun to talk about. This is now my new main source of Halo topic and news. Ricky Longjoint Lafleur. I love you. Means a lot, Thank bro. Thank you so much. That really does mean a lot in all seriousness. That's, probably, that's our official that. only review, right? Like, we've got lots of good feedback, but not actually like an iTunes review, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's an actual review. So, yeah, guys, anytime you guys want to do that, uh, if you don't mind, I mean, we, we would absolutely love that. It means, means a lot to us. You should see me dance. You guys don't know, but this stuff makes me, like, do the worm kind of and the robot and shit while we're, like, recording. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. Josh does many weird things. Josh dances... Yeah. I uh, I do yoga and Justin cooks while we podcast. It's all happening at the exact same time. Wow, I don't believe two out of my those my things. butt cheek is in front of my face right now. That's how flexible I am. Y'all want some grilled cheese? <laughs> Thank you for playing along. <laughs> Perfect. But anyway, anyway, but Josh, guys, no seriously, I shout out seriously, to our patrons here, real quick. Oh my goodness, Brian! Please cut in at the one dollar tier. We have the Shipleys. Thank you very much. The Shipleys, ladies and gentlemen. I, I love them. I love them so much. We have Dust Storm from Podtacular. You guys know Podtacular. Dust Storm. Be sure and check out Podtacular. I know they just went through some cool changes. Definitely check those out. Uh, we have uh, Marcus, who goes by Glass. Marcus. Glass. <laughs> what was Marcus Aurelius? Why is that name familiar? Is that a, is that like a Roman? Uh, I'm not or, sure. Why is that Marcus Aurelius? Uh, we got... Oh, that's uh, well, I picture you very, uh, very highly esteemed. So. He's got. I think Russell Crowe played that character in a movie one time. The, when I think of Glass, I always think of the Fifth Element. Oh, it's a philosopher. When I think of the. That's when, cool. When I think of Glass. I think of the Fifth Element because his picture is. Uh, what's the chick's name from Fifth Element? Oh. Lilu. Lilu. Yeah, yeah. Multi. Uh, we got Notes. Justin Howard. Justin Howard and from Trevor Duke Polky University. Sounds like a baseball player, a basketball player. Wow, Trevor Polky. Man, love that guy. The guy also works nights in... The only person I've ever made a comment about pork chops to on the podcast. But also how dope it is that he works third shift at the grocery store like we all have. Uh, very relatable. And then we got Matthew Salvatore supporting us. OG from the beginning. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Uh, there it is. See, look, he's just... he. It's worth his dollar that he gets that hashtag. <laughs> that he gets that hashtag every time. And then at the yeah. $5 tier, 
We have oh, I should have said that. Trevor Polky is at the five dollar tier. You are the ultimate pork chop. You're not even like you are the one. You are the rainbow. Bum, bum. Yeah. That make my heart do it Ooh, again. Bam. bam. Oh man, that was that you was, that was right. That was like, You're like lemon oh. pepper, bro. Oh man. Oh. And by pork chop. How's that, how that song go? It was like you need to know. I love you. <laughs> Justin has. <laughs> Do y'all remember when this was a Halo <laughs> podcast? Uh, Justin's down here like, what in God's name is going on? Uh, Justin, if he knew the words, he would so join and in. And then John Den, our moderator, also with the $5 tier. Thank you guys so, so much cool. for supporting us on Patreon. Yeah, thank I you. think that's pretty much the sellout. Uh, guys, it was great talking to you. Let us know what you think about uh, release dates and budgets and gaming. and you know My singing, Brian's jokes, uh, uh, Justin's great sense of humor. Yeah. Just let us it's know. been a while. It's, you are, I get to stick up my head now. You are the rain. Dun, dun, dun. What's, that, uh, what's that song that always makes people feel good on the commercials all the time? That uh, the guy died recently. Um, I think it's a black guy who sings. Oh, thanks for that. I think it's a. I think it's a black guy, and it's a really like uplifting song. that's always on commercials. How does it go? Um, rhythm. Give me the rhythm. I don't remember. I'm trying to think of it. Uh, uh, no, what is it, guys? Help me out. Give me, give me, give me something. Give me a song. Give me a popular song. I'll tell you I think it's about like. Oh my god! I think it's about. That takes me back to the gears one days of literally blasting that on audio. Oh god, that was great. Okay. Well, since I can't think of it, if you guys had to pick one rap artist to do a track for that's in Halo Infinite's campaign with lyrics, actually in the campaign, who would you choose? ASAP Rock. I, like I don't know who that is, but um, <laughs> sorry, I don't know. What's that? What's that dude's name that did? Uh, it, it's it's Twenty One Savage. Mortal Kombat. No. Uh, oh. God, hang on, hang on, hang on. Give me one second here. While Justin's thinking, like I'll big, say... I'm big, still big, stumped, Bismarck. Not, not Bismarck. While Justin's thinking, uh, I'll, uh, I'll say Drake. So You! You got what I need! That guy, yes! But you say he's just uh. a friend. Oh, I wanted you to keep going so bad. Oh, baby! Oh, yes, yes! <laughs> Jeez. The Halo content ended 15 minutes ago. Oh, baby, you! Uh, I love it. Brian, Brian, before we go, you gotta hit me up with the Oh, baby, you! But I don't know that, though. You just gotta sing it. Oh, baby, you! Oh, there it is. You got one! I wish I could sing that one that one rap song I always want to sing that I can't because it's all just straight cussing, but it's like uh, the one that I showed you in the car was like, Yo, let's F the world, make a child out of... <laughs> What? It's Little Wayne. He's talking about screwing the world and getting the world pregnant. It's weird, but anyways, oh all right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sacred Icon Halo podcast. Is it even called that anymore? I don't know. We talked about Halo Infinite thirty percent of the time, but guys, we love having you here. This was uh, this was a lot of fun. this was Justin, Justin and Josh. Thank you so much for coming along and Brian. Oh, uh, I'm gonna close you out. Thank you so much, guys. Keep it sacred. Bye, lovelies. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>